You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Welcome to the Palace of Mega Pixels. This is Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo! Welcome to Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I'm your host, Stephen White. With me, as always, my co-host, Lacey Finley. Oh, happy Monday. And we have a very special guest today. Yeah, we do. You should all know this guy. When he's not dropping by as a guest on various podcasts like Neatcast, Effing Cultured, and Podcasters Assemble, he's on Twitter promoting the hell out of them. And if right? you've ever... <laughs> <laughs> and if you've ever heard him on any of these shows, it will come as no surprise to learn that he has a two-decade career in radio, working a wide array of jobs from on-air talent to program director, although, in my opinion, on-air is where the man belongs. I know. Uh, we are happy to welcome to the Palace of Megapixels the ultimate hype man with a voice like honey sitting out on a hot summer day. I tell you what, I tell you. Zach Derby. <laughs> that that is uh, quite quite an intro. Thank you. Well, you're uh, very welcome. See, see I, siblings, you listening? I I figured you would be getting some sort of info because I got a little alert a while ago. You know, Stephen checked out your LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. Oh, Whoa. somebody's doing research. We're you stalking. can't you can't go on LinkedIn without people knowing. It's yeah, just, that, so it like gives you messages when people check it out. It, well, it does to a point. I have a free account on LinkedIn. And I just have it because that's what everybody does, sure. and I'll get an update. Uh, that certain people are looking at my profile. It's like, hey, you're popular. People are checking you out. Uh, Here's yeah. the free one. And if you want to see the others, you know, mm. you could give us a little bit of money. That little add to cart. <clears throat> yeah. So <laughs> every once in a while, I get somebody checking the LinkedIn profile, and then I never get a job offer. So clearly, they don't like what they see, which is fine. I'm, I'm happy where I am. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere else. They're sliding into that Gmail. Yeah. That's what it is. They have the free account too. You see. Yep. <laughs> Hey, I've been there. I mean, every time I, I see, they're like, hey, you might be a good fit for this job. Great. I'm going to apply. Silence. Never hear about <laughs> it again. It's just like, that's fair. It's fair. <laughs> so we are going to talk to you a little bit later about all that good stuff. Perfect. Uh, but I want to start the show, not with our usual question to our guest, but we'll get to that. I wanted to touch on uh, responses to our mini game question last week. Because yes! we got a lot. Yeah, siblings. So Love it. I wanted to give some shout outs to uh, the lovely people on Twitter who were kind enough to share their thoughts about their right. favorite mini games. It's I discovered new ones. Yeah. So uh, what we have to start with, I'm going to start with an old friend of the show who was on the show uh, quite a while ago. I think it was back in episode 51, Chaos Hand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How uh, are you, Chaos BB? Yeah, we haven't, I haven't chatted with him in a long time. Uh, he said, I would say the shooting gallery games in the Zelda series, uh, Triple Tried and Final Fantasy VIII, something about getting points, shooting things, and flipping cards makes the brain go... <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that was his, uh, his go-to. Uh, another friend of the show, Astro Grump, who's been on the show mm-hmm. twice. Uh, Aww. 
He said, I love the fishing minigame on Black Desert Online, also Tetramaster and Final Fantasy VIII. So those are, uh, Final Fantasy VIII must be, or Final Fantasy in general it must really be popular. It really was a common theme I saw, yeah. 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 Because also uh, Deva, our friend Deva, who we got a shout out last week. Our <laughs> well of knowledge right there, yeah. Uh, he he actually had two. Uh, he mentioned Blitzball from Final Fantasy X, saying that he mm-hmm. probably spent more time playing that than the actual game. But he sure. also uh, gave us a bit of trivia, saying that he got uh, he was commenting on our Gwent uh, question: Was that the right. first mini game to get spun like off on its own? Big. And he said it's not. The earliest reference that he could find was Geometry Wars, which was a mini game in Project Gotham Racing Two. Yeah. So, if anyone can top that, I mean, right? I, I'm going to trust Dave <laughs> on that one. Uh, who else did we have? We had uh, Dirt E99 on Twitter. Dirty, dirty. Yeah, you probably I know, know him. Dirty. I use that. That's my nickname for him. He said the Wario series or WarioWare series and the Yakuza series. Brian Icon, favorite mini games from the main game. That's easy. He said that's definitely fishing mini game from any game. Uh, spend hours fishing if it's in the game. And I last, wish I could share that joy. It's. I mean, it can be fun. <laughs> it can be I fun. I can't get into fishing. It depends you, on the game. Yeah. I mean, yeah? I, the most fishing I did with, was either uh, Link's Awakening on the Game Boy, mm-hmm. trying to okay. just get those heart pieces and rupees, or just trying to level my fishing in a WoW, and that was not fun. Oh, uh, <laughs> see. Yeah, well, maybe one day. I've yet to come across any kind of fishing mini game or otherwise that's held my attention. Well, it is kind of, <laughs> you're sitting there for a long mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I guess you might have to like IRL fishing just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I guess you can fish in a raft, and that's kind of fun because you're trying not to get eaten by a shark. Well, there's a, the added complication. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> because that always makes things fun. Can I die? Uh, it's a little uh, bit harder. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, the last one I had was uh, Businessman PK. Uh, he said, Castaways from Mario Party 1. I looked it up. That could be fine, too. Mm-hmm. So, thank you for all these uh, responses. Yeah. People, go check these people out. They're, uh, they're doing their own thing. Got some streamers in there. Some lovely, lovely people. Uh, so... With that said, Zach, what yes. you been playing? Well, you know, all the major popular ones, Solitaire, Minesweep. <laughs> um, I, I unfortunately don't have a ton of time to play. Most of my gaming is actually with some uh, friends up here in New England, and we nice. pop around to different co-op games. And the two that we've been going back and forth with recently is um, I'd got them Starbound uh, a couple mm-hmm. months back, so we've been playing that. And um, my friend Jenny is very big into, I think it's Final Fantasy fourteen is yeah. a new one. And that yeah. um, you can play free now because that's the way that a lot of MMOs have gone, that you can play free with limitations. So we've been doing that. Um, and I remember, I mean, I played Final Fantasy, the original one, uh, and then missed a bunch, went to six. Seven was my favorite, like a lot of people's. And then I haven't been that back into it be, for a yeah. while. But uh, 14's pretty fun, but I only I only get to play games once or twice a week, and the rest of it is podcasting or family. So that's that's kind of where I am. For I solo like stuff... Like a well-rounded day. Kind of, yeah. If, if I do have time and I'm doing any solo stuff, I'm doing Dragon Age Inquisition. 
a few oh, years behind. <laughs> and I love the original. The original Dragon Age was so much fun. Played through it multiple times, making sure it's that like you... one of my favorites. Every accomplishment, you know, oh, best yeah. weapons, love with you know, all the characters, because Anyone you have to, me. clearly, for, a, <laughs> for achievement reasons. Um, yes. But it was a fun game. I just loved, I love that. Wonderful. Uh, that that's definitely up there one of my favorites the original dragon age inquisition mm-hmm. is good and we don't talk about two it didn't happen no two is a it's a dark place and we just don't go there simba we, just, we don't yeah, go there we just don't we let it be mm-hmm. it never happened lace what about you what you been playing well it's been like my christmas the last couple of weeks i didn't realize that all the games that i had been kind of looking forward to were all just gonna like release on top of each other i did play road 96 mm-hmm. even at least one full playthrough i'm sure with the way that they do the procedurally generated and all this kind of stuff it would change it up a little bit um per playthrough um but it is interesting but when i started the second playthrough i don't know that enough was changing right and i don't dialogue options here or there because really like the, the crux of the game is like you're playing a teenager in this whatever dictatorship world insert whatever country here and these teens are the ones being oppressed so they're the ones trying to cross the border so you're playing these teens that are trying to cross the border and they could make it they could not like get arrested they could die um and then you could play it either Uh, I want to, everyone I come across, we should settle this democratically and vote. Or rise up and just against the machine and do that. Or you could just be completely middle of the ground. I don't give a crap. I'm just getting my ass out of here kind of situation. So, like, and you can play each one you want. Um, I didn't have a lot make it. (laughs) I did not do well. Like, my, I, I think you get, like, eight scenes, or I did, eight characters. I guess from whatever, how many you can fill up. Because they all start, like, 1,000, 1,500 miles from the border. And then however you decide to walk will generate a scene. Hitchhike will generate a scene. Uh, steal a car will generate a scene. You know, so, like, there's different things that you could do along the way. So I still want to do another playthrough, like, going, taking every team hole in one way or the other or the third and see if that actually changes anything because it wasn't that long to play yeah. through. Um, and then 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. Which, which was good. But? Don't see replay value, though. Okay. I really don't. I, uh... <laughs> It's good. It was good. It's a it's a thriller. I mean, listening to Willem Dafoe is just amazing anyway. Uh, there's only the three characters in it. My only thing was if you're not smart like me, and it might take you a minute to set it because it's a puzzle. You start, you play out the scene, you might learn a new information. It starts again. You're stuck in this 10-minute loop. The monotony of having to start over when you get it wrong mm-hmm. eventually starts. I ha- I'm like, I got to put this down. Yeah. She has offered me dessert like 20,000 times now. And I've just, I've just, I've just, I've done, I've had enough dessert, honey. <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> but I do recommend it for one playthrough uh, because it does do quite a few twists. Mm-hmm. And okay. what, what, once, once the, the, the story itself wraps up or, or the point where you're like, oh, I get it now. It, it is kind of a big reveal and I enjoyed it. So from the storytelling aspect and all that kind of stuff, beautiful. I just don't know why you'd play it again. I don't know that anything new would happen. Like, you know the formula now and what to look for and all that kind of stuff. But 
So fun. Look for it on sale. Yes. <laughs> okay. I played it on Game Pass because I stand Game Pass now. So. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you don't have to pay for anything now. Yeah, yeah just my five dollars. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that was it. That was okay. pretty much all I poked through this week. Got you. Got you. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What about you? Did you do any gaming? Yeah, I've been trying because I was trying to get myself hyped up for a new release. And some things have changed. So, plans for next week are not what they're going to be. But, we'll get there. I've been playing (laughs) No More Heroes. Oh, Uh, yes. (laughs) It's like you're being so cryptic right now. Yeah, I was playing through that and essentially got... So, you remember how last week, I think I was talking about it, and I said, I wasn't sure. Like, I wanted to play with the controller, but I just, it felt wrong. And I went back to the Joy-Cons, but even that just felt weird. So I went back to the controller because something was happening with the buttons on the Joy-Con. And I spent a lot of money trying to tap an A button that wasn't responding. (laughs) And I was getting angry. I was like, why is this happening? What is going on? I'm hitting the button. So I, I picked up the controller again. Obviously, the button started working. And I was getting through my workouts and everything. And I was like, all right, great. So this is good. So if that's the case, let's play around with this controller. Let's get familiar with the controller and see if I can play this way. So I went and did, you know, assassination missions where you can just go and fight real quick and kind of get your your feet. And I got really good with the controller. So uh, it's primary now. I know. I'll have to go back and try it that way. If Mm -hmm. you're getting success, then maybe I will too. It's it's like you have to get out of this motion control headspace. And I the I think the main thing I had to do is recognize one button is your high attack, one button is your low attack versus you actually having to hold your arm a certain way. Mm-hmm. And once I got that, I was like, okay, now I know what I'm doing here. And I just had to keep my brain connected to where the buttons were. Once I got it all figured out, it was I mean, I'm acing Everybody, it's Just no. Going through it yeah, now, huh? and even well, it when might you be easier for me because I hated the um, motion controls. <laughs> well, they can be a little frustrating, especially when you kind of get into one of those clashes and you have to spin it around. Now all I've got to do is just put my palm on it, and I've like got them aced in no time. <gasps> like the spoon trick. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe I just played Mortal Kombat that way. I don't know. <laughs> once I got really Test good, your might. <laughs> once I got good with the controller. Uh, I pretty much breezed through the rest of the game, and I was like, all right. And then I picked up part two and got through about four hours of that. Um, I learned a little bit of of what I like and dislike about each of these games. You know, because, I mean, it used to be rose-cutter glasses just sitting there thinking, oh, man, I just love these games. They're just so great. But now there are these moments that I just do not understand why you have to continue to repeat them. Like, for example, Content. in the first one, I said you had this big sprawling area, you know, mm-hmm. Santa Destroy, and you can run around, but there's really not a whole lot to do, so it just feels kind of uh, like you're dragging your feet versus what the second one does, and you just point to where you want to go, and then boom, you're there. But what they do mm-hmm. is, <laughs> in part two, they make you walk to the counter, 
or walk to the person you're going Dude, to visit. And it's like, why do are you that, doing this? Where it's like, yeah, you've given me control for three seconds. Like, yeah. just move on to that scene. I would have been okay with it. I didn't need to feel interactive for yeah. And half the time I'm just staring at the screen anyway because I'm expecting it to just move on mm-hmm. before I realize it's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> and then furthermore, the, the jobs that you get, okay, uh-huh. to earn money. Once you've given me the basics of that game one time, I don't need it again. But every single time, it's just like, hey, you're going to do this job. You're going to do I got it, dude. I got it. That's why I'm here. Just get me to the game. Yeah. You know, I don't understand this repetition when you can just skip it one time. Be done. I I still think it's content filler. It really seems that way. Like, but, people get mad if their games aren't 20,000 hours. Mm-hmm. So, fine. You want us to make it longer? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I am... to make you walk to the counter. <laughs> but despite that, I, I was wanting to try and get through both games, kind of get myself refreshed. Mm-hmm. Because three's coming out this Friday. And like I said, I wanted it to be content for next week but we'll talk about you that take later. the day off work no damn no. it <laughs> there's there's a lot more I'll, I'll talk to you about it later all right all right anyway well, yeah i hate to burst that bubble for anybody looking forward to that review i was looking forward to it too until i realized what i'd done <laughs> oh no <laughs> anyway Sounds like a story yeah uh do you have some news you'd like to share I with us do we got our work cut out for us this week because there was actually we've we've had several slow ones and i didn't know where to focus my attention this time okay <laughs> we had a lot but uh speaking of uh some games that released that i was excited about you know uh boyfriend dungeon as we all know was released a couple weeks back mm-hmm. um and keeps making the news in its own little way that i i didn't notice until it was already a problem, I mm-hmm. guess. I don't read in the right circles, I guess. But uh, the voice actor for the villain in the game um, uh, has been receiving that ever-loving hate for his portrayal of Eric. And I don't know why this is still a thing, why we have people that can't separate fact from fiction or life from fiction. But uh, soon after the game's launch, they already had one issue, right? There was a game content warning that was at the beginning of it, which I thought was fine. Mm-hmm. Personally, again, I'm not the audience that the content warning was directed towards, to be fair. Um, but it drew some criticism for apparently not warning them well enough. So in the content warning, I remember it saying that, um, and I may not be word for word, but articulating that the story did deal with manipulation and um, stalker-type behavior. Um, well, the problem, I guess, was that they didn't divulge that it was a necessary part of the story, so it wasn't avoidable. Like, mm, the manipulation okay. and stalking was kind of part of the main storyline with Eric. Sorry, spoilers. I guess I should have said that earlier. Spoilers. But um, because he portrayed it so garbagely and so well, he's been getting hate via Twitter um, for his portrayal of it, and it's gotten so bad that he finally took to Twitter and was like, hey, guys... I'm an actor. I think he's garbage, too. I really do. Can you stop? And the fact that this keeps going on is just mind-boggling to me. Mm -hmm. That I don't... Do people do the same thing to, like, Henry Cavill about Superman? Or, you know what I mean? Like, do they... I don't know. I I have a question. Are Mm -hmm. they... 
are they mad at him because they can't separate uh, the difference of reality and and fantasy fiction or are they mad at him because he he portrayed that he was hired and he agreed to portray such an egregious act and that in their opinion that has no place in these games or content because you can be a fair point because i i know there are the people that don't that can't differentiate the Mm -hmm. this is not reality this is an actor or they really just like angry because he created that content uh, one of the, uh, which is a good point, because one of the messages that he put out publicly was talking about how this just reflects extremely poorly on him for even portraying such a character. So you might have hit the nail on the head for the one that um, he was specifically pointing out as an example um, with other threats and calling him an F boy and all these kind of things. So um, I, I, I don't know. It, it, Alexander Gross, I'm sorry, the voice actor here. Um, <laughs> don't know why this keeps happening to them but people just like leave these voice actors alone like they portrayed a role they they took a part that doesn't speak on their character of who they are as a human i mean it's no different than actors who portray racist bigoted people in movies they could be (laughs) too and i just don't see see their cries because I don't follow a lot of celebrities on social media like Mm. maybe we have crossed into that age where they're accessible but see I don't even think that that actors in who who've done those kind of movies where they've said you know foul racist things get that kind of hate or at least they didn't used to I'd say today yeah sure Mm -hmm. if you know one white person's uttered an n-word in a movie because that was their character people lose their minds I mean, you go back just as far as Django and people lost their oh, minds. Oh, yeah. Well, that, yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah. but, yeah, with video games, it's ridiculous. I mean, you go right back to Laura Bailey and, and her yeah. hate-filled, you know, <laughs> tweets that yeah. she got. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. She's an actress playing a character. And if you cannot differentiate that, I mean, there's something and, wrong. And, again, they're actors. Let them act. Yeah. You know, I, I, I guess that's the thing. And like more to, to Zach's point there where, you know, where it was more of like, this is a reflection on you as a person for even wanting to portray a character like that. It, they're, they're actors. They're going to, that's the point. They're not going to play people like themselves. And I think the voice acting he did was well. It made you feel gross and cringy. But that was the character, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, so I don't know. But again, um, I know that content wording, I wasn't the group that it was aimed at. um, So I'm not going to, you know, speak to how people feel about those kinds of things. But um, just leave the actors alone. I don't know. Like, (laughs) it just is so sad that they can't just do their thing and then uh, move on with it. Hey, let's move on to a far fun topic. (laughs) This is cool for me anyway. Intel wants in on the GPU game. Oh, yeah? I don't really? know if you saw this a little bit, but uh, they've obviously given us some great CPUs over the years, but it announced it's entering the GPU no- market now with its first line of consumer graphics cards arriving in 2022. Uh, the ARC ARC brand uh, will be Intel's product offering both hardware and software-based graphics cards. 
Okay. So Intel hmm. says they will uh, span multiple generations, of course. So they, they, they went in on this. It's codenamed Alchemist, which I guess it was formerly DG2. Um, shared a teaser video to go along with their announcement. It was mostly just a bunch of like people who worked there talking about how excited they were against like a graphical fun backdrop, you know, dressed up very nice and proper. Um, <laughs> so there wasn't anything to show off. So there wasn't really any specifics revealed, but uh, Alchemist line is on the block up first. Um, and says it will offer or Intel says it will offer mesh shading, variable rate shading, video upscaling, real-time ray tracing. So look out, AMD, NVIDIA. Maybe you got a competitor. You know, I'm all good with competitors. I just oh, don't know if they're going to get a hold of chips any faster than anyone else. That, well, that was going to be my question is how is the <laughs> GPU world right now? I was lucky, and I, I went through Newegg, and I got selected for their raffle the that they were shuffle. doing. Yeah. The shuffle. So mm-hmm. I picked up... Uh, a 3070 and i was just pure luck i've been on a waiting list forever i think i still am through like asus or something for an official product but how is the gpu world have they actually started to catch up because chips are still missing in everything yeah i actually i'll be honest i haven't even bothered in a while because i seem like every piece of electronics i wanted this year uh, yeah. But uh, I know it might be getting better just because, um, when was it? A couple weeks back? Yeah. I think I told you about it where uh, seats actually signed like a some odd billion dollar bill to help go towards the global chip shortage to actually help with the materials and getting people back in the warehouses, making them all this kind of stuff. So we might see it ease up a little bit more here soon, maybe for us. I don't know about globally. Mm-hmm. Um so I haven't checked. It's been a nightmare because well, you yeah. also got like, you know, the, the, the Bitcoin farmers that are buying them and all this kind of stuff. Scalpers too, so. are scalpers. The, uh, they're the bane of anyone's existence anywhere. Mm-hmm. God, yes. Like, I never knew I would hate a group of people so much now. <laughs> like, it's just gotten so out of control. And I know it's not. A necessity item or whatever it's a luxury item but still man you're putting it behind a wall for only rich people <laughs> like, yeah. let me have my damn card <laughs> i'm just scared mine's gonna poop before it starts to and then i'm gonna be like what am i gonna do i'm gonna lose my mind because i couldn't even find a garbage card for the longest time like even just something big enough to put in just to get the pc to run <laughs> done but yeah, so I'm going to keep my eye on that because you know competition in that space, assuming they all have the materials to make it. I don't know. That was what I thought we were fighting against. You'll hear uh, about a shortage as soon as they come out. Sure. I, their aim was, I think, Q1 even of 2022. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> all right. This one, I just resellers, man. These reseller websites, you have to beware. Um, I was following them. 11-Bit Studios put out their own statement about uh, Frostpunk 2. Apparently has already been up for pre-order. Okay. On Kingwin. So, like, 11-Bit Studios came out and was like, hey, guys, um, we, like, just started. We don't even know how much our game is going to be. We don't even know when it's going to release. Um, so we're just going to say don't buy from the shitty scammer you see on Kingwin who's selling the Frostpunk 2 for pre-order for like 39 bucks or whatever. Like, and that might be the right price. I think the first Frostpunk was sat around 40 bucks, but why you got to pre-order like two years out? I don't even understand why you'd put it up yet. I, I don't pre-order <laughs> anything anymore. 
I've been burned a couple times, and so I let games come out, I let people play them, and then mm-hmm. I'll pick them up later if I have time. In this day and age of digital, they're not going to run out. No. That's true. No, I know some people like their pre-order bonuses that come with it, and that's fine. You do you. But, like, I, I don't know. I've gotten to the point where I've passed the time of rewarding them for not finishing a game. So it's like once yep. it's finished and released, then fine. Like, I've been burned enough times that way myself. Um but yeah, so <laughs> I mean, I'll take the dev's advice over this BS key reseller anyway. But if you see it on Kingwin, um, they're saying don't, don't. It's not a sanctioned like for 11-bit studios even said they don't have keys. How <laughs> does Kingwin have keys? So don't buy from these second resellers. We've talked must lots at nauseum about G2A and all of that nonsense that goes on, which is still up. Which, by the way, when I checked this morning, it's still up there to buy on Kinguin. It's just now it specifically points out that it's more of a pre-order, whereas before it was like, get your key here. I don't know. Stop it. Don't buy it. <laughs> uh, the the studio itself is saying, nope, no, 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 that's not us. We don't have keys. We don't know when it's out. You could be overpaying for our game because we don't even know. So don't. Garbage. Garbage resellers. I don't understand. I can't understand how they still work. Like, it's so bad that even developers have asked you just to straight up pirate their game. They would rather you pirate their game than buy from these key resellers. So I'm going to I'm gonna use this as a moment for story time, okay? Oh. Because Ooh. these type of people are exactly why I have trust issues, okay? So two people I reached out to just to kind of, without going into great specifics, talking about... Um, how to do something better with the podcast, how to expand on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just sure. maybe, maybe things that I'm, I'm missing out on, you know, maybe yeah. anything that could help it grow. Educate me, man. What's One person, on? you know, kind of went through this step and that step was like, Hey, what, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? And I'm like, okay. And I'm writing down notes. Didn't ask me for anything. It was just like, Hey, this is, this is for me to you, you know, whatever I can do to help. And it's like, you know, you're a friend of mine. I appreciate it. You know, just take that advice. Hopefully, it works out for you. Great. At the exact same time, there's another person. And they're super hype. And she's like, oh, yeah, what, you know, you could do this. You could do that. What do you want to do? And I was like, I want to be creative. I want to try to, to put my creative juices to, to the, you know, to the test. And she's like, all right, yeah. well, what about this? What about that? And just laying out all these awesome things. And he's like, hey, I got this seminar I'm doing. You know, just, you know, check out this video and help you out. And I was like, great. And then there's a link, and you watch the video, and then you sign up for their program. $3,000. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, and I was like, nope, nope. And what, though? To get your creative (laughs) juices flowing. To get your creative juices flowing. Because you're going to be creative. (laughs) For the nice, affordable price of $3,000, we can help get your creative juices flowing. And it just... It felt. <laughs> you better get some mm-hmm. because. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> but anyway, I, continue. But there, there never seemed to be a through line through what they were pitching. It was just like you know, you're creative. You, you've got the creative, you know, power to do anything and put your artistic vision to the test. I'm like. Every picture I'm seeing, it's like a, a mural painting or something like that. It's like, am I in the right place? It's like I'm. This is not the kind of creator That's your I inner am. Beauty. You know, I I can yeah, draw with a pencil, but this isn't this isn't what I'm doing. This is what you're doing. So I even Did clarified. You have to trace the um 
mouse and mail it in. No, I just, I asked point blank. <laughs> I was like, so what, I said, so define artist for me. Is like anybody? And it was still kind of a vague, you know, it was just someone who wants to be creative. I was like, okay, so if I'm just creating YouTube videos, I'm exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. All right. But when that $3,000 prize tag came around, I was like, uh, I'm going to pass. And they're like, well, what, what would have made it, you know, what would have made you say, hell yeah. And I was like, if I'd have had $3,000, maybe. But I even would have been like $50. <laughs> I just don't have $3,000 to be like, here, take my money. Yeah, for something no. that may or may not work for me. This isn't well, guaranteed. Well, I found like artist careers has got to be one of the most expensive ones to break into for people who are insanely poor to start out in. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, if I was I mean, paying. headshots are like 600 bucks. It's like, I haven't even booked a gig yet. I mean, if I was paying them to be my agent, sure, but... Well, no, I, if any agent asks you for $3,000 to represent them, you send them to me, BB. You do not sign that deal. <laughs> <laughs> you do I not mean, sign that deal. The thing I would say, at least about an agent, still not paying $3,000, but at mm-hmm. least you know they are out working on your behalf to get you gigs and get mm-hmm. you get you something, because even they, ideally, if they're an agent that's working, they are going to get money as you get money. And exactly. if you're not getting money, then they can't get money from you. Or they're going to get money, and then you're going to drop off, and they got to go find a new client. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it, it, it's a give some, take some kind of yeah. setup. Yeah. Sounds like some weird school. Yeah, I just, I w- it, the moment I saw the price tag, it was just like, eh, now you can have it back. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Because that's why they revealed it at the end. <laughs> I was waiting for that to drop, too. I was like, how much is this going to cost? Because I feel like I'm getting sold. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to play around with this. Because she was Facebook Messenger, Instagram, just, you know, being personal. And oh, she's local, yeah, it's like too. like an MLM. Yeah. Back out. <laughs> Did she tell you if you got, like, 10 more people to sign up, it would only be $1,000 for you? No. No, luckily <laughs> she didn't. But she was local. And that, that was another reason I was like, Okay, so at least I know where she's located. I've seen pictures where she's in Nashville, and I'm like, all right, okay. Oh, that's, that's crazy. Well, it was one of those Facebook groups, <laughs> and then you just kind of get, it's that's where it started. Don't get weird. <laughs> Continue with your news. Don't worry. So we're, moving on with the news. we're not judging. Whatever, whatever you want to do, Stephen, <laughs> it's good. Want. I just went run around saying, like, you know, the pictures, I know where she's at. I can see she's in Nashville. <laughs> well, I wasn't saying it like that. I wasn't being the creep. I, I saw pictures in Nashville. I know exactly where that's it was at. the way it lined up. I know where you are. I've seen the pictures. I've seen where you <laughs> sleep. Like, <laughs> I, that's not me outside in the bush. Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just walking my dog. <laughs> Get on with the news. I know. I need to get on with it because I'll just keep ripping off of that. (coughs) All right. So (laughs) more more news. Uh, So this week, uh, the developers behind the indie game Among Us Mm -hmm. finally spoke out about Fortnite's imposter mode, which they put in their game here. Um, Fortnite imposter mode might sound a little familiar. It has 10 players, eight agents, and two imposters who play out their roles on a submarine. Uh, the agents carry out assignments while the imposters sabotage the facility and eliminate players. 
Um, and then the agents can, of course, call for a discussion at any time by finding and reporting an eliminated agent of the interacting uh, by interacting with the discussion panel. And then you have discussions with the agents and the imposters can share info with each other via emotes and quick chat, asking questions about who was doing what and accusing people. And then you even vote at the end to eject someone. Sounds exactly like Among Us to the T. So... <laughs> Victoria Chan, who's among us as uh, community director, spoke out this week saying, you know, it would have been really, really cool to collab. Um, like their their whole thing was we didn't gatekeep the mechanics. Like yeah. they didn't try to patent them or anything like that. They just didn't feel like that would be good for the gaming industry as a whole. Uh, but just the fact that it doesn't appear that they put even 10 percent. Um, effort into making a little bit of a more unique hook on it which was what kind of got them a little bit more pissy about it like they're not mad but they're just like did it have to be like exactly our game like basically down to the t so inner sloths co-founder marcus bromander also pointed out on twitter that they themselves did not patent the mechanics like i just said to lead for a more healthy game industry and uh even asked the worst part was we've been actively trying to collab with them uh-huh. so oh. instead of doing any kind of collaboration um they're just going to put in imposter mode. So, uh, it, it, which is weird because they've done so many collabing with like other third party IPs for like skins or character skins and things like that. As of the time of this recording, I couldn't find anything from Epic saying anything about it. But just remember, kids, they sued Apple for the little guy for you. Mm. Remember, they're helping you out. Remember, remember, Epic helping all of us out. Anyway, so yeah, it is what it is. It sounds like like in inner sloth is just upset that apparently no creative creativity could have been put forth whatsoever on their side to just try to put their own unique hook on it for Fortnite's sake. Mm -hmm. Um, And the coupled with the fact that they've actually been trying to get with them to do something just kind of pours a little bit more salt into the wound that you're stealing this idea from an indie dev who's been trying to work with you. And then you're like, but now we'll just do it ourselves. Yeah, that's garbage. Do you have, um, I hope I'm not stepping on your toes with news, Hmm. but do do you have the, uh, wasn't there an update to that that case this week or something came out about it with the Epic I Apple? I did, but it, you know, yeah, it was a couple weeks ago, but it was like something to do with their app store, which is why I didn't really add it because it didn't seem like gaming centric. But yeah, it was something along the lines of like they have to pay a certain amount to the developers on the app store. I feel like it had something to do with Sony. Like they had pitched, like oh, get, no, I tossed them that. a... Um, Oh, what was it? Why didn't I jot it down? It had something to do like they had offered them a, a lot of money to get some of their games onto the Epic Store. Like $500 million or something like that. Just to get wow. exclusive uh, rights to their games on the Epic Store. <laughs> and that Jeez. just came out through... <laughs> No, that. I missed that. I didn't know. So it's like you're saying you think it's something along the lines of like Sony trying to get Epic games? No, 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 no. Epic was Epic trying to, to lock down their PC oh. releases to yeah, bring it to that. them and be like, look, you can only play Horizon Zero Dawn on PlayStation 5 or Epic Okay, Store. so what that means is hurry up and buy it on Steam right now because they're still there. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> hurry up. 
Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't put that in. I, okay. I thought you were actually talking about the other thing about their app store where, like, there was a ruling that they had to pay so much regardless of who it was anyway i don't know well i know i <laughs> read it, it had nothing it. to do with games i moved on with my life i was like well rich people fighting other rich people Blah. <laughs> not interesting to me uh let's just do a little bit of quick it's okay what i'll go through just a couple uh try to be respectful of his time here because i know we could just go on forever and just keep bullshitting until <laughs> oh, well speaking of epic they, they, they grew, their game launcher finally had an update. So um, they added a new mini preview carousel, which allows gamers to view the thumbnails of media on a games page. It's really fancy. Uh, clickable genre tags that gives uh, users a way to search the store, you know, mm-hmm. and a redirect notice which informs users when they click on a link that will lead them away from the store. You know, all of the standard stuff most places had. And uh, also features rounded corners. Do, I know. It, oh and, my it God. shows what gamers use in their friend list. But guess what? What? There's still no card. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. I just <laughs> yeah, needed to know, no was there card. a shopping cart? <laughs> um, that was the first thing I went to check. Was I was like, oh, a launcher update? Opened up Epic. And I'm like, seriously, man? No. Seriously? Add your freaking cart. Stop anything else you plan on doing with the Epic launcher. Listen to me now. I'm sure Sweeney's listening. I'm sure. Yeah. Stop whatever the hell you are doing and add a freaking cart to the GD store. I cannot believe that we're still. Anyway, Cyberpunk is also back in the news. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They uh, dropped an update, patch 1.3, which finally brings in uh, a few more fixes. I mean, the page is really long (laughs) if you want to go look through all of the patch notes. Uh, But some DLC content, albeit very, very small, um, with some cosmetic additions, including um, an alternate outfit for Johnny Silverhand, which I did go check it out. It's kind of cool looking. I think I might dig his first look better, but, you know, you do you in your role play of Cyberpunk. so uh, I downloaded it. Just be prepared if you already have the game in. It was a 61 gig download. Now, I know it was probably rewriting the entire game again like it did the last time, but just buckle in. It's going to be a minute if you've got slower internet. It's how it might be quicker just to uninstall and start over. Probably. How is the it game running now? Is it actually good? It was smoother for me. Now, Ish. I had a much different experience. I was always on PC, so I didn't nearly have as bad a time as a lot of yeah. people did. Um, but it definitely was running smoother. I did a little bit, like, just a little bit of running around. I didn't get into too much detail. Tried to piss off a couple of cops because they said that it, it, it wouldn't necessarily rain hell like if you accidentally run into someone because that was an issue where it's just like the cops just out of nowhere and then they were just like what the hell man i did i knocked over a trash can i'm sorry but um (laughs) you also but it does run smoother i i I did notice that it was running a little bit smoother i still had a couple of frame rate drops when it like if i'm moving it too fast from side to side to, to to look around but um it's definitely a considerable improvement that I feel oh, now. For those of you on console, I don't know. You'll have to tell me. Now that it finally came back to the PlayStation Store, I'm really kind of curious about y'all. I was like, only oh, ten bucks too in some places now uh, that you can buy weren't, it. <laughs> weren't they working on, or supposed to be working on, like next gen versions of the game that could possibly work better than the? last year i honestly thought that was all they were going to be focusing on at this point like once it got yanked from the playstation store i just felt it was in their best interest just to 
say, sorry, last gen, we're just going to keep moving forward because that's where all the problems were. I mean, if the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox Series X can't handle the game, then there's something seriously wrong with oh, it. Oh, I, th- I feel like the next gen people said it was running fine. Yeah, but I mean, I thought you know, but... a- an actual version for that console, you know, oh, yeah, no. to for, know. for all the special upgrades, the, whatever the PC people get. You know, all our fancy, yeah, all your fancy and bells and whistles and gadgets and gizmos and ray yeah, tracing we have and settings and yeah, yeah, yeah. You should get on our level, dude. But <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> PC masterings, baby. But now, um, that I okay. don't know. I don't know what they're doing with their time anymore. <laughs> Um, but, uh, as far as like the additional content, uh, that you could, uh, it, it was like a rare iconic items. So, uh, if you just go straight to V's closet in your house, you'll just see that there's some new clothes sitting there that has the rare iconic, um, item by it. Okay. I don't, I don't know why the word is floating away from my, uh, from my head, but there you go. There you go. Oh, oh, this was interesting. Game Informer reported that there could be a new Fallout TV show in the works. It's currently in production over at Amazon. Uh, Lucy Joy, who is co-creator of Westworld, is in on it, so Mm -hmm. could be a little Mm -hmm. interesting. Um, uh, There doesn't seem to be a clear direction yet as to what they're talking about. Her quote was, it it is just a gonzo, crazy, funny adventure and a mind F like you've never seen before. Uh, so we don't know. I mean, speculation, though. Do you think four? Do you think New Vegas? Do you think three? Do you think a side quest? Do you think well, just the world? I mean, the fact that they said there's no direction, that's Bethesda all over. So all right. You've <laughs> already got it. But <laughs> uh, whichever one's the most popular one. Whichever one's the most popular. See, I feel like it's a bit a very big torn between three and New Vegas when you listen to like the camps of people who are in love with Fallout. Mm-hmm. Three and New Vegas, the, they fall into those two camps. I played both. Uh, I started oh, yeah? with Fallout Three. I went through every expansion except I think it was Mothership Zeta or whatever it was, the final expansion. Uh, I was told by a few people, yeah, it, you can play it, but it's very. It's, it's not like open world. You're on a mothership, so you're like very corridor-based. Oh, okay. But all the other... I played through all the other expansions, and then I get into New Vegas. And I really like New Vegas as well, but I didn't put as much time into it because yeah. it was virtually the same engine and game and everything. Yeah, just was. new items, different area, which was great, but it felt like I was doing the same thing, which I just mm-hmm. spent, I don't know how many years doing, of Fallout 3 and 4 expansions. Um, both, I, I think I personally go for Fallout 3, but New Vegas yeah. was a great game. Yeah, I don't, I think I'm with you. I don't know that I beat New Vegas. Maybe it was because it was two on top of each other. Maybe I felt the same way, but I know yeah. I played the crap out of three. Yeah. Probably even more than once. Mm-hmm. And then four a uh, couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, I mean, I did play OG Fallout text base. Oh, wow. You know? Um, so before the, this company took it over or whatever, but uh, never played the second one. Yeah, I jumped on at three, so I, ne- I never went back and played the originals. Yeah, I, I, just for funsies on some of them, just to see like where its roots came from and what Bethesda bought and turned it into what it is now. It is neat. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, but uh, speaking of what you could do again, 
because we know. So just just so you know, mm-hmm. Skyrim 10th anniversary edition, baby. For Let's next, whip it for out. next gen, for next gen. Oh, have you? Did you think you were done paying sixty five dollars for Skyrim? Oh, you were done paying sixty five dollars <laughs> for Skyrim. They're gonna give you some improved graphics. Better game frame rates. Ooh, ooh, it, uh, a fishing mechanic. You know how <gasps> I was excited. <laughs> they are adding a fishing mechanic. Fishing games. Earlier. Just drew me right in, baby. So now you can have your nice, well-rounded three generations of Skyrim. All for what? $2,000? How much we pay now? Mm. I don't know. Mm. PlayStation 3 and then 4. Okay, I shouldn't say. Okay, so generation third. <laughs> Fourth, because I know it wasn't just on PlayStation and PC and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah. So, slap a new dress on that baby and put that fresh t- <laughs> rice tag on it and shove it back at you. Oh God. I mean, Ten look, years look. I'm buying Skyrim. <laughs> I never played it, so maybe this is my opportunity <laughs> to jump in. This is for me, maybe. This is for you. This but I'm not paying you. sixty dollars for it. No, no, no. Why? It's a brand new. <laughs> though no i'm going to wait until it's on sale i don't care improved graphics i don't care (laughs) and you also get some of their creation club stuff so you know the stuff the modders did for free they'll do that in there too for you yeah okay okay yeah yeah. wasn't it nice of them yeah absolutely (laughs) oh boy let's see here what's the last thing that would be interesting i'm kind of editing on the fly because i know we're going super long oh saints row official website's been updated i'm sure you saw that with a large image of a brick wall reading rebooting and that could only mean one thing and apparently we'll hear about it at gamescom which is coming up over the weekend uh so yeah the saints row twitter account confirmed that the reboot will be a whole new game, it says, and not a remaster or a remake. So that's about all I could find out. Looks like August 25th, 11 a.m. Pacific, we can find out more. Or at least that's when Gamescom kicks off and all that kind of stuff. So we'll find out. I liked those games. I never played all of them, but the few that I've played, the humor was great. I'd be interested to see what they're rebooting here. I'm hoping it's a return to form because Agents of Mayhem just felt off. Like, mm-hmm. I was excited for the... Pr- and it did the, not run well. Yeah. It, it ran horribly. I tried playing it for a little while, and I just I couldn't get into it. So, mm. I really hope that it... I don't know what I'm expecting. I guess I just want a good game. <laughs> yeah. No, that's yeah. fair. Like we all do. <laughs> I forget if it was two or three that I was playing. And I enjoyed it, but, again, I, I wish there was more co-op options because it limited to i think what two of us could play co-op and it was great but sometimes i have more than just two people that i can play with if i can get up to like a four-person group that'd be fun i know there's gta online and stuff like that but you know i'm too old to deal with griefers i don't need to deal with that crap i totally get that feeling man which is i think why i avoid a lot of multiplayer games like that anymore unless it's cooperative you know because (sighs) And I think that's the biggest problem we seem to have is that we would play games. We're just on two separate platforms half the time. You know, your PC, yeah. I'm on PlayStation. Is becoming a thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, PlayStation yeah, yeah. is a little bit more about it, but like, they're but, a little better. 
yeah, crossplay. Cross crossplay, yeah. It, it so, depending on the game, it it works. We've been able to get Sea of Thieves to play, and that's one where it's open world PvP, but it was big enough that we never really ran into a lot of people, so we enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't get Ark to work cross-platform. Oh. That one, or or not even platform, like Epic Steam, we couldn't even get that to work, and that was supposed to be fine. That could be. By we design. could never get that working. <laughs> Didn't we? I never tried a crossplay. I don't think. Didn't we try that with the the Star Trek VR? Oh yeah, we did. That Mm -hmm. seemed to work well. Yeah, I think the only thing we had issues with was communicating through headsets and all that. Yeah, but the gameplay was fun. Use Discord or something, but yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, I forgot about. So I have tried it. That seemed to work well. Is uh, Star Trek? It was a VR game. I have that. I've never played it. I got we, it for like we free should play or something. I am a big Trek nerd. I would love to do that. Well, we were playing along with it. Mm-hmm. Like he was totally our captain, giving directions like, oh, yes, yeah. sir. And, you know, I'd go to my little station and it was fun, like for an hour or so. I, it, I can't imagine getting sucked into it for too long because like, you're literally just always in the ship. <laughs> yeah, it's the virtual version of um, Bridge Commander. Mm-hmm. way back in the day and i loved bridge commander because yeah. you could you could either take control and do everything yourself or if you were stupid and patient like i was uh, you're telling everybody and hoping that you that your con will actually do what you say <laughs> they, yeah uh, they would 70 percent of the time mm, until you got with people you need yeah huh e. <laughs> that's when it goes awry so since you said you're a trek nerd i, I have to ask lower decks yeah uh, yeah uh, yay. I have not started se- a second season yet, and I need to. I just haven't sat down. The mm. first couple episodes were a, all right, they're finding their way, um, and I liked their approach to it. Certain yeah. people within Star Trek, I, I know, look at that as they do with Discovery and Picard, and they hate it because it is such a different avenue of what Roddenberry originally created, but I can respect it for what it is, and it mm. speaks to me and my stupid humor uh i never got into rick and morty yeah uh, but this i i can because it is star trek yeah Um, it's kind of like orville i like orville as well i really am looking forward to that coming back because it is the silly seth mcfarland humor approach on a star trek spinoff just like galaxy quest was back in the day Mm. or or red dwarf you know any of that back in the day was a fun little spinoff and lower decks is it's canon, I, I think, at this point, which is That's awesome. That's what they said. <laughs> yep. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a. I think a lot of people who dismiss it because it doesn't seem to fit within the narrative, they'd really give it a shot. They could see it's a love letter, because there's mm-hmm. so many deep cuts oh, in there yeah. that that you really have to know your trick Easter to, to eggs get. At, and there's stuff that goes above my head, and then I'll go yeah. back and look, and I'll go, oh. They did that. That was cool. And I, I like all Star Trek, but I can also tear things apart. Picard, mm-hmm. I loved while tearing it apart at the same time because I was thinking too much about it. But I'll yeah. still watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I liked That's it. part of enjoying it. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's a valid way to enjoy your entertainment. All right. Sorry, uh, I had to get see. off on a tangent. No, there. no, no, right. no. I've only got one more. And, right, then, got? and then we've got to pry into the brain that is won't be too hard. 
But there's just one last little cricket that I wanted to mention because it is a feel-good story, and we need more of those, I think. Uh, but I don't know if you know who Steven Spohn is. He's COO of Able Gamers. Um, he is. He describes himself as a twice-over-terminally disabled individual. He has spinal atrophy, um, and apparently, according to the doctors, it's been so rough he shouldn't even be around today. But he is. He's alive and you know kicking. And uh, he also does live streams and everything. If you're not familiar with Able Gamers, um, they're a really great charity who does a lot of uh, research into creating um, ways for people with disabilities to play the game. So different kinds of controllers or um, what have you. Uh, so that everyone can enjoy video games. Uh, so decided that this, uh, the last year uh, for his 40th birthday, he decided, I'm going to raise $1 million for Able Gamers. This is what I'm going to do with my 40th birthday through, you know, the BS that is this last year since we're not doing anything anyway. And you know what? He did just that and more. He did just that and more. The official charity drive kicked off on September 15th, 2020. um, And he also gathered um, efforts from content creators along with himself that did this. Um, He did get some help from bigger names like Alana Pierce, uh, Bloody Faster, who's a Twitch streamer, uh, Felicia Day. Um, So we had, I think, over the total of the entire time, 250 streamers and 50 different teams that joined up um, fundraising through Tiltify. If you want to read the full story, I recommend it, but... Over a million dollars raised. I went straight to Able Gamers to help research uh, different uh, peripherals that can help everyone play video games. And I I just made me smile. So good work, man. And get gaming into everybody's hands. Get gaming into everybody's hands who wants it. So good job, man. I'd go read the story. It's a log one, but it's... It'll make you smile. It'll make you smile. That's what it did for me. So I wanted to share that with you. But... That's all of the news that I fit in this week. There's so much. There's yeah, so there was there was on. quite a bit. <laughs> there was a lot. There was a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so off to our headline for the day. He's been chiming in with I us a little bit. Wouldn't Good call work. it. Wouldn't call it a headline. That that <laughs> to let down. Headliner. <clears throat> yeah, we want to talk to you, Zach. We want to get to know the inner workings uh, of you and and how you even got into what you're doing right now your your radio your podcasting you seem to be uh big into the podcasting but uh i guess what i want to start with uh is what what started your path to broadcast radio poor decisions (laughs) um i i grew up uh in new hampshire um small town called bethlehem uh not a whole lot to do up there uh, when I graduated, high school was comprised of four towns, and my graduating class was 47 kids. So we were, we were tiny. Um, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I had done a little bit of drama uh, in high school, and then I went to Plymouth State here in New Hampshire and went to a drama class and went, wow, these people are far more talented than me. I'm not going to continue doing this. And I had done a little bit of radio at the end of high school, just being a board op. And that's the person who sits in the studio and presses buttons and puts like the Red Sox on or a local basketball game. And then when I was at college, they had a, a music station there, WPCR, and it's small and you could hear it like on campus, like all college. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I went, oh, they play music. OK, I guess I'll get into this here. 
And that was where my, my love for radio really came from and fostered was I can talk and, and play music and just have a lot of fun doing it. Um, and then I got out of college and got picked up probably, I was lucky, a couple months later to be a board op for uh, a company here in, in New Hampshire and have been in it in radio full time since about 2006. Oh, wow. Yes. So you, kind of what we mentioned up top, you've had kind of a, a, an assortment of jobs in the radio, broadcast radio business. Is there one particular that you find yourself leaning toward more? Like this is what you would prefer to do? Out to you. Yeah. yeah, for for radio, um, the programming side of it, I've done promotions, I've done the board hopping, and that falls to programming. Um, the other side of it is the marketing sales side. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, here in, in New England, in, in New Hampshire, it's a small market radio. You can be big, you can go to satellite, you can make a fair amount of money, but with high risk or high, high risk comes high reward. But a lot of that is based off your uh, ratings. You know, TV mm-hmm. has ratings, radio has ratings as well. Mm-hmm. And the bigger market, the better you have to be in the ratings, or you can you can lose your job if you're not pulling in decent numbers. Um, yeah. Here, there are ratings. We do not subscribe to them because we are a small company of two stations. And we just go with more local marketing and local clientele to hopefully advertise. So that is the sales side. I'm not good at that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not good at programming either. But th- that's just where I'm comfortable is being gotcha. being on air and talking and playing music. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, since you've mentioned it, and I know this might go off script just a little bit, but I was curious now that you mentioned it. How how do you get ratings in in Radio. I've never understood how that worked. So the way that it works is with um, Nielsen. Um, They send out what is referred to as a diary. First, they contact you at random. And they will send you a a letter in the mail and say, you have been randomly selected to receive a a Nielsen radio ratings diary. And we would like you to keep track and fill out this rating book accurately. We will pay you... Maybe it's up to $5. It used to be $2. But now they'll pay you $5 to fill out a diary mm-hmm. for, I think, a week. And you would keep track of what radio you listen to, where you are, when you listen, how long you listen for, and then you mail that back. And then they take that and go, all right, this person listened to this station for this long, so clearly this station is popular. And they look at everybody who fills that out. Yeah, it, well, it depends on, A how many of these diaries or books are sent out for your market in your area. Also where they fall in your market or area, because up here there's mountains and where my station is supposed to be heard may not be because there's a big mountain in the way, Um, but it's technically our market. And if it falls to a country listener, my stations aren't country. So therefore country would get the boost and they would look like the dominant or higher ranking radio station in the area. When you get to bigger uh, metropolises, m- bigger cities or markets or whatever, they do have, um, I forget what they're called because you don't use them up here, but I think it might be PPM and it just monitors what kind you actually like listen to. Used to get exactly, for your TV. For it, TV yeah. it will actually pick everything up and every radio station 
is embedded with a subaudible tone that you and I cannot hear, but these boxes will pick up and then it'll detect, all right, well, hey, you listened to this for this long and then you switch to this station for this long. So different markets in different areas will do it slightly differently. Interesting. But I feel like that last one would be a little bit more um, correct. Yes. <laughs> like, than the honor system. But, but like, yeah, I but guess yeah. what are they gain from lying about it I well yeah, yeah i don't know you're getting paid five dollars i mean who knows uh, but right. you, yeah you hope that people are honest and they fill them out uh, i've actually been contacted twice um randomly and each time i have to say hey i work in radio i can't do this and they go oh well thank you for being honest bye-bye <laughs> Aww. Well, yeah i would have never guessed they did it through the nielsen because i've had that happen once before for television and i guess it wasn't I mean, it's it's an interesting thing to do, but I would have never guessed the same would have been yeah. for radio. But it, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, Neil, Nielsen has their own audio ratings and different markets. Um, like Boston is our biggest major market close to us, and we we don't come up there. That's that's Massachusetts. We our stations don't don't get down to the border because they're they're just not that big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, have you primarily stayed in New Hampshire as your radio? uh station yep. like so you've never ventured out into any other ever gotten any job offers to go to another station or anything like that job offers oh you're so nice <laughs> no no i've never wow. I, everyone i know my wife also works in radio she get she's gotten job offers she was actually um on i guess a a, a, a decent sized market station out in albany uh an alternative rock station which she actually uh spoilers alert um not all radio DJs are where they say they are. Um, what? Yeah. She was here in New Hampshire, but she was tracking uh, a station out in Albany. Um, and that was going great until the pandemic. And then that's when a lot of companies, not just in radio, but everywhere, were letting people go. And she was let go, unfortunately. Because um, that was that was decent decent income to be on a a good size station in a, in a decent market out in New York. Um, but, uh, I don't even remember what the question was. Whatever. <laughs> I want to hear her voice. I'm just though, mumbling. Like do, you two must be the most lovely sounding to listen to a conversation. My wife has the best <laughs> voice and she is so good at her job. She can do voiceover. She could do anything oh. she wants. She is so much better than I am. If we have her on any podcast, I will be replaced instantly. Is how oh, it no. works. We do. We do have good um, camaraderie because we are married, uh, and we do get requested when they need a wife and, and a husband or mm-hmm. significant others. We play well together because she tolerates me in real life, so it translates onto radio. Like why 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 can't this move over into the job? Right? It could. Yeah. J- you know. <laughs> Jobs and relationships. They never work, I was always told. <laughs> so we actually kind of first got acquainted through Podcasters Assemble. That's where I first heard your dulcet tones. Me, for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I liked, um, L- Lacey, you, you gave me high compliments. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I still love, I've got, listen, siblings, I'm telling you, man. Yeah. So yeah, you're correct. Yeah, I, I found podcasters assemble through their network i originally was listening to other podcasts that they had the coordinate which was attack on titan and then to too young for this track uh track with tyler eric mc 
and uh, and Troy, and they are all gems. They are all amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've had you've had both um, Troy and Eric on. Those guys are both awesome. Lovely. And I remember hearing a cross promo for the Kong Godzilla Thon that was going on with Podcasters Assemble. And I remember as a kid watching all the Godzilla films, and I went, "All right, I'm going to go check this out." And to be honest, Stephen, you are a very intimidating person with your knowledge that you put into these. When I was listening to these, (laughs) go go on, (laughs) go on. When I when I was listening, I was going, "Holy shit! This guy is a wealth of knowledge." I love kaiju and Godzilla, and I don't know the shit he's talking about. (laughs) I. What is going on? And finally, I kept hearing the, you know, submissions are always open. Submissions are always open. Is this for me? Can I do this? Is it is it only for people in the network? I don't know. Screw it. I'm going to submit some audio and see what happens. And lo and behold, they used it. And now I'm consistently promoting podcasters assemble in, in it's a submitting great things idea it's a great idea and it's turned out so lovely so far mm. oh and you were a incredible addition to mortal Kombat. my god Lacey, <laughs> having had... you on there holy that was great you just brought in energy and you're like the innocent little kid who's just there going oh this is great i kind of remember this <laughs> this is fun okay i felt I felt like when you were just saying like the wealth of knowledge, like after I had listened to it, the very first one that I went on, I'm like, Steven, I'm not smart enough for this. Everyone's laying down like who auditioned for it. And I'm just like, okay, but they walked down the hallway with the big spider webs. Yeah, right. They totally went that way. (laughs) I told her she was a great contrast to everybody else. That's what made it so much better having her voice there. Through my my own lens of never having seen this in my eyeballs before. <laughs> part part of what I've I've gone back and listened to the entire series of of Casters Assemble, and some of the best parts are when you have a, a hardcore fan like Steven, and then you have, excuse me, someone who's witnessing it for the first time, and you get opposite not opposite reactions but opposite input, uh, two sides of the spectrum, mm. and that's what's great about that whole whole series and it's open to any podcaster uh anywhere the new season that is going to be coming up it's open for submissions right now is actually ghostbusters we're going to be going through the first two films uh the game which uh was based upon the 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 third script uh we will do the reboot and i think we may do a bonus one on the animated series so that is open right now for people that are doing it, and Stephen, uh, Eric, and I have been working on a super secret project. It's a spinoff, a spinoff of Podcasters Assemble, with a super creative name of Podcasters Disassembled. Be- I was actually just going to ask if that's what it was. Er- Eric, I swear, Eric came up with the idea, but he's saying I did. And I know I came up with the name, but apparently I'm now in charge of this. So oh, we've recorded that's what the. What you f- get for naming a thing? I, I, I'm I've been voluntold that it's my baby now. So what we do is there's going to be more like a straightforward podcast, unlike Casters Assemble. Um, mm-hmm. We'll do it with probably four of us, and we're going to focus on different movies that didn't make the cut or don't have a series of their own for example the first one we're going to watch and talk about is rogue one it okay. didn't make its way into the star wars season because that was the skywalker saga 
but you've got Solo, you've got Rogue One, you have the Ewok movies, you have a few of these that we're going to work into it. And uh, we're going to, we have one in mind, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you are going to be perfect for it if you are ever willing to jump on with us. Oh yeah, I will be. Okay, perfect. It'll probably be a monthly or bi-monthly kind of podcast okay. and we'll we'll change it up here and there but the first one we're going to look at that we've recorded the pilot where it's just me and eric talking rogue one will be the first movie we actually look at okay and that should i think the pilot will drop i would hope this week i just need justin to create a logo so that's all Dang we need it, justin so you hear that everybody there was free <laughs> promo keep your eyes open podcasters You're disassembled could be dropping this week and if not, two, hopefully. Yeah. And if not, then just keep your eyes open. You know, yeah. go follow all the, the podcast, uh, podcasters, symbols on Twitter, all that stuff we've posted before. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Y'all should know this by now. We could make this work. Probably. Probably. <laughs> Which I love. I love that too. I do too. Yeah. So since we've kind of mentioned that you, you've gotten into podcasts, um, you've been guest spotting on a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. So d- was that something that just kind of spun off from doing radio and you were just like, well, here's another uh, venue for me to kind of play around with or like what got you interested in doing podcasts to begin with? So th- what got me interested was my friend, friends, Jeremy, Mike and Mark over at Neatcast. I have known Jeremy and Mike since around 2008. I met them originally online uh, i was a big uh, player of world of warcraft and i played from classic up to mop stopped at mop cup came back with warlords after that and then just life changes and you don't have time anymore but i found them in burning crusade i was literally sitting in chat going i'm a shaman i'm new to this server uh, i'm looking for a guild and jeremy messaged me going can you heal well, i'm enhancement but yeah and then they <laughs> brought me into the guild and from from there we were playing with a lot of people in new york and across the country and i played with them for many many years and then finally i don't know number of years later i just happened to be in new york not fall from uh, not far from where a bunch of them lived and um, i'm out here with a bunch of guys doing a motorcycle ride and i said hey i could be there in like an hour if anybody wants to meet up for a beer and one of them was available and so i Road, road there, met up at a bar, we chit-chatted forever, and that's how I first met uh, Justin, uh, who's a good friend. And, um, and then he brought me back in October for a Halloween party, where I was dressed up as a red shirt from Star Trek, <laughs> nice. and it said Expendable, and it was great. And that's where I mes- met everybody else, met Jeremy and Mike, and, um, and we've been long friends since then. And then when Jeremy, like a lot of podcasts, got started when the pandemic happened, he started inviting guests on, and I was one of the lucky people to get invited on. And it's like a real been... life, the guild. Kind, <laughs> kind of, yes, Aww. kind of. And so I, um, I've been on a number of times. That's where I guess the most. Um, I'll be back again, technically tomorrow. With an episode, well, today when the episode drops, and then next week or tomorrow I'm recording with them. So they record a week ahead of time because Mike is a fantabulous editor and he puts 
zippity wops and dingly doos and all sorts of sound effects and he does a phenomenal job and Mm -hmm. they're they're such good friends and through them i met mark who's our sports guy at Neatcast, and he's just a incredible person i've only known him for you know 10 months 11 months but they're they're all great guys i can't say enough nice things about them all right so since you've been on the i mean with with that show you you've been podcast similar and all these others that we've we've kind of gone through now you kind of mentioned the disassemble would kind of be something you're doing but has there ever been a podcast that you wanted to do like an idea you had that sounds like a great podcast idea but maybe you've just not uh, pulled the trigger on it or or maybe you just haven't like quite we're figured out it out ideas, man, yeah oh like, yeah yeah free stuff for you oh yeah of course uh originally uh back in the day when people used to record podcasts in in person um i had chatted with a couple work friends about how it would be great to you know if we just got together and we chatted and we we're craft beer drinkers um and we would choose different craft beer, and we'd sit down and just talk about movies. And the big thing at the time was the MCU. And, and it still is, and plenty of movies still coming out. But it was, ah, we could get together and just drink and talk about stuff. Granted, that's like almost every podcast now, is people drinking and talking about things. <laughs> uh, so it's not original. But that was origi- just an idea probably like three years ago. We kind of kidded around with, but it was, well, how do we get the equipment? When do we have time? How can we get together? Because we're not far apart from each other. We would work together, but, you know, one's 20 minutes this direction. I'm a half hour that direction, and he's, you know, another 20 minutes north. All right, well, where are we going to go? Sounds like your house. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) But... Yeah, for a specific one, I mean, I'm, I'm always down for guesting, and there's so many... I have so many podcast I listen to on a weekly basis and mm-hmm. I also try to find new ones because you know there's so much great content out there yeah. for indie podcasts and part of what I try to do is find other podcasts and just review and just share because you never know you may find your next favorite podcast and and just be like well th- this is what I've been looking for no matter how obscure or general pop culture it may be so I don't really know if there's a specific podcast I would like to do because I'm game for anything and talking about anything really for for the most part. My mm. wheelhouse is geeks, geeky stuff, gaming. That that's where my I guess knowledge is. But uh, but I'm down for anything. I mean I've when I had I had posted something and then Stephen you had reached out about oh I may have a job for you and I was going oh look it's kind of like a job offer okay <laughs> yay I did get a job offer it's a, I finally made it mom Ah, oh, <laughs> took forever I mean, it's still out there uh, I know I've I've not pitched it to you yet I can do it right here on the air Ooh, you know look at this uh, all the oh, stuff oh you're learning about here today I'm because learning so much. Because, I mean, you've seen the animated show yes, that we posted the first episode of. That, By the way, that was great. I love that. You put a lot of time in it. You are a very talented individual. I don't know if enough right? people tell you that, but that was, the animation was good. He taught himself good. all of that, by the way. Really? Yes. Jesus. Man, I, just, I've... Uh, you know. <laughs> I mess around with Photoshop just because it's fun. I can't imagine actually doing animation. That's moving mm-hmm. stuff. I, I'm just editing right? photos. That that right there. I mean, if I I'll, I'll go off on a little tangent, tangent with that. 
Sure. Uh, I have been going back, and Lace can tell you, point blank, episode two was fine. Okay? Mm-hmm. It was fine the way it was. That now, we, we've had to make an adjustment to the end of it because we had a joke that Perfect. just doesn't work. Or the original joke just wasn't going to work. The joke came no. true, so it was no longer funny. Yeah. Oh. It, it, we were, it was a joke. If we would have done it then, it would have been brilliant and soothsaying and all yeah. sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a joke about Anthem, which is a dead game. And that's essentially what we were going to, we were going to go off Anthem. And now Anthem just doesn't exist anymore. And it's like, well, it's a little late now. Right. So we were trying to figure out a way to rework it. Well, we came up with something that we feel is pretty timely, and we re-recorded it. You better hurry up. So <laughs> what happened? Yeah. <laughs> so what happened is I get in there and I'm like, all right, so I've got to redo this and I got to put all this in now. And I'd already made adjustments once before, uh, but they were quick adjustments. I was like, yeah, this will work. It's fine. I got obsessive. And I started looking over every little frame of my character, and I was like, I don't like mm-hmm. that. I don't like that. And I've, I've, through the process of doing these episodes, I have worked on very specific mouth movements for my character. So every word he says, you can almost believe it. It's not just lip flapping, which in the first episode is kind of that, but not too bad. But I've gotten it down to a science. And so I would sit there and watch him talk, and I was like, he's not saying everything right. It's not emoting it proper. So I like have. He's zeroing in on these little details. Yeah. So I have practically gone back ever since we recorded that audio and replaced every frame of my character. I have replaced <laughs> some of the frames of your character with these new frames. Wow. To make sure the, the the animation is fluid, I have even created new frames for certain jokes. Of course you would. Because it's so much better. <laughs> no, I get it, but he's that, yeah. Mm-hmm. If he finds what they That's how so obsessive I can get. Anyway. Well, we're all our own biggest critics. And uh-huh. we, we, like, I, I forget if we were recording it, but I don't like listening to myself because I pick it apart because of my past and having a, a, a speech impediment. Um, I'm also dyslexic, so I will mispronounce, missay things, misread things a lot, uh, mm. which is a huge pain if you're recording anything for someone specifically. I have to like triple check everything because sure. my mind is going to screw with something. I know it. But there's plenty of times where I have produced a commercial or some imaging for the station or even when I was going through our, our first episode with me and Eric for Podcasters Disassemble, I'm going through going, oh, no, I could do this better. And oh, why is why is it picking up my mini fridge? It never picks up my mini fridge. What the hell is going on? <laughs> Such right? a pain. And but at the same time I have to get to a point and go, It's okay. I'm not I'm not be I'm not working for Disney. I'm not working for anybody where this has to be top quality it's a fucking podcast that we're doing wow. for fun. But I totally understand where you're coming from. And adding video into it, man, that's a whole other realm. I've always been amazed by the work that video editing, what video editors do, because it's far beyond whatever I do with audio. It's, Mm -hmm. yeah, it it can be, I know when I first got into it, it was um, like it felt natural, but I knew that I had some some things to work out, some kinks to work out, because I've probably told this story on this podcast before, but the very first time I got a 
an editing job for something that wasn't my own is I had a friend, he was trying to do a short film and he, he planned on editing it, but he was struggling with it. And he was just like, I just can't figure this out. So I said, do you mind if I take a crack at it? And I just took one scene and then within a short amount of time, I had pieced together the scene for him. And I said, here, what do you think? And after he watched it, he was like, take it, take it. It's yours. He's like, edit this for me. (laughs) And I was like, all right. So it's just something that I won't say it's a natural born gift or anything like that. I just feel like that there's the way my brain works. The pieces of the puzzle really well. Like how it would be interesting to see visually. I think it's, it's just how my brain operates. I can look at it and be like, okay, I got it figured out. And then just, and I'll, I'll work it out. Sometimes I don't, I won't say that it's always perfect, but nine times out of 10, I can recognize it. Like the moment I see it, like if I've cut something too short, I'm like, no, no, no. I got to just, even if it's a couple of frames, it makes all the difference. So you can just, your, your head's going through the beats. Same, same with audio. Sometimes when I'm editing, I can, I get it down and I'll do a quick edit and I'll go, nope, that doesn't sound natural. That Mm -hmm. pause way too quick. And just how your voice inflection changes. And then you extend it by just like that fraction of a second and your brain goes okay there's enough time that the inflection can change from the end of that word to the new word and it's it takes practice Mm -hmm. but i know exactly what you're talking about the beauty of it is is especially if you can trick the audience and they'd never Mm -hmm. be the wiser i'll say this and then you don't go around pointing it out no 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 i'm not gonna point it out (laughs) i'm just gonna i'm just gonna lay this out there this there's at least one episode that i've done this year where there was a conversation we had and something wasn't flowing with the conversation right something that you had said and i was like you know what what she said right here would be perfect over here and i'm gonna put it right in here and then i'll just shift everything around this one little piece and you'd never notice it sounds like it was a proper conversation like that's how it went so Props to anybody who can figure out which episode it is. <laughs> I'll just I'll say that. From divulging it later. Yeah. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't even remember which one it is, but I remember doing it. <laughs> but anyway. We'll anyway, enough about me, Zach. <laughs> oh, wait. That, I am here. I had fun talking about you, though. I'm learning a lot. Well, we can guess. I'll guess spot on your podcast or whatever. It could just be one episode of, hey, let's talk to Stephen for a minute. And then that could be yeah. the episode. Sound good. Uh, just just Stephen picking up where he left off on a series mm. of conversations, and that's it. Yeah. We'll actually merge it with this episode <laughs> so it just flows. We'll do some magic editing. Mm-hmm. Just slide it over there. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about all this uh, radio stuff, this podcast and stuff, but you know what we've not asked? I mean, we're a gaming podcast. Oh, yeah. And- you talked about, you know, playing games. Uh, we've got to go back to your first console. What was your first console? Oh, the NES. And, and what was. what were your core games for uh, the NES? Well, it came up, obviously it came with the original Mario Brothers mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and Duck yeah. Hunt, so you could do both oh, yeah. of them. Uh, but from there, oh boy, what the, what the hell did I play? Well, uh, Ninja Turtles. Um, of course, had all all three of them, even the brutal first one, which mm-hmm. I couldn't beat because I forget 
I, I made it through the dam a couple times, but you always lost a couple turtles doing it, and then you had yeah. to rescue mm-hmm. them later. Um, but two and three were were the were both games I played a lot. Um, I mean, two obviously was in the arcade, and then when my mm-hmm. parents saw the advantage of, you know what, it's cheaper if we buy him the NES <laughs> than bringing him <laughs> to the arcade. Let's just do that. So we played that. Super Mario Brothers three were some of the classic ones uh, that I played. And we actually had a rental store in my town, so I was able to go up and grab different rentals here or there. But those were the main ones I remember playing. There were some other ones that I don't remember. I My wife, because she's the best ever, got me the classic when it came out, um, which came preloaded with the 30 games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It may have more than that by... <laughs> now <laughs> because of reasons so i may have access to every nintendo game ever uh that was created so i can go through and play all these great games that i never got to play so it's nice. it's a lot of fun to go back and relive the the 8 bit or 16 bit whatever it was right. yeah. uh back in the day and i did have a game boy for a while um and and played that a fair amount. That's where I first played Mortal Kombat was, I think, 2 came out on the Game Boy. So that was mm-hmm. the first time I was really playing Mortal Kombat. And then I, it was in arcades, too, and I played it there. But that was my first console. Now I do mostly PC gaming. It's I find it easier for just my setup. If you mm-hmm. play PlayStation, you play Xbox. If that works for you, good. I'm happy for oh, you. Oh, yeah, totally play on whatever um, you want. But I, I remember... Um, Whenever we would play any sort of first-person shooter games and we do LAN parties or anything like that, I would mop the floor with everybody because I had the keyboard and mouse, and that's how I played my first-person shooters. And everyone else that played it on, like, Halo when it came out for Xbox, I, I would just be destroying them because I was so much better because of the point and click of the mouse than mm-hmm. scrolling with, you know, getting used to doing it on, on your controller. And then all of a sudden yeah, yeah. you jump over to keyboard and mouse. You're like, I'm not used to this. Cause I'd be, I'm horrible with analog sticks. Cause I, I never say, play a game. A controller and it's I d- no, it's, I don't know. Uh, you're, you're going to beat the tar out of me without an issue. <laughs> so was there one console that you had uh, before you went and jumped to PC that was, was the NES like your baby, or was there another one that was like the number one console for you? No, NES was it. Um, you know, I had friends that had Super Nintendos. I had friends that had Segas and uh, Playstations when, mm-hmm. when those came out. I remember wa- watching my friend and playing, I guess, to a point, Final Fantasy VII when that was on PlayStation. And um, I remember playing Super Mario World on, on Friends consoles uh, sonic on the sega yeah but we had the nes so that was that was it uh my parents you know they they provided uh we weren't necessarily rolling in cash so it was here's your nes and you know what it still works blowing your damn cartridge make it work <laughs> like the know? worst advice we ever gave that made it universal which mm-hmm. is weird to me Without be, the internet, yeah, we all knew to blow in that day. It'd be thing. great if the classic every once in a while would require me to go over and blow in it just because it would bring me nostalgia feels. <laughs> ah, damn it, Turtle. I guess you could. Turtles right? 3 won't load. Crap, I got to go yell at my classic for a couple seconds. Be See, great. I always had to like slide the game in like 
thinking that would help too. Just or you kind didn't of quite put it all the way in, in and then down. slid it in. Yeah. Yeah. Or did or you ever wiggle it? The crap out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or the spring would break, and then uh, on uh, like my friends, and then they'd shove another cartridge in, in on top of it. So you had to keep it down. It down. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't work. <laughs> no, I w- we had the cord taped to the side so it would stop turning off. Yeah, PC gaming started around the time of Command and Conquer Red Alert, mm-hmm. and that's when I first got into RTS, and I love RTSs, um, uh, the Command and Conquer series. When they were with Westwood, man, they were the best. And I know they made some more in some in some of the past years, which were they were okay. But my mm-hmm. my wheelhouse was Red Alert, um, and the original Command and Conquer. I I loved that for first person shooters. I think it was Tom Clancy's. Rogue Squadron or Rainbow Six, I forget what it was. It was one of those. Mm. Um, and that's what really got me in the first-person shooters. And that was that was where PC gaming started for me. Is there an NES game that you love that you feel that nobody else knows about? It seems like it's one of those hidden gems that you wish more people knew about. Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Um I don't know which one people wouldn't know about. I mean, I know there's a lot out there that I've seen people mm-hmm. play. Um, and there's some out there that I, I didn't even know that existed. Like, have you ever heard of Bubble Bath Babes? I have Appar- not. <laughs> apparently, that's an NES game that has nudity in it. And I remember oh, seeing somebody. Like, back in the day. Uh, back in, uh, well, at least I remember seeing, I don't know if it's on my classic, but I remember when ROMs were a thing and you would mm-hmm. download those, those for your PC or, or, or Mac and you would play them. One kid I knew downloaded it, and he was playing, and I went, what is this? He's like, ah, it's Bubble Bath Babes for the ROM. <laughs> this, is, this is a thing? Okay. Uh-huh. Mm, it, and it's just reverse Tetris. It's girls. Kind of like strip poker or kind, whatever. No, it's, enough- I think, topless girls on a oh. Nintendo in a bubble bath, and bubbles are floating upwards like Tetris, and you uh- have to align them at the top. That was the game. Okay. <laughs> don't know if it's a real thing now or not. Get a little boob. I guess. Boob for you. Well, you know, when you're dealing with a, a high school friend, they'll take anything they can at the time. Oh, sure. Especially <laughs> in the 90s. Yeah. Right. It wasn't as a plenty. Yeah. <laughs> this was like pre like Had good to get internet. An adult to buy the magazine for you, you know. Yeah. Rent rent this movie for me. I know it's rated R. Trust me, it's fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, it's <laughs> What's gay. the worst that could happen? Gosh, I don't know. Um, I just, I mean, I loved all the Mega Man's. I loved Nintendo, uh, the Turtles. Um, the the game I hated, which was infuriating, was Battletoads. Yeah, because you couldn't beat the goddamn racing mm-hmm. thing. That, that was yeah. always where you got stuck. Yep. Yep. Always. the worst game i would enjoy it up until that point mm-hmm. you could play with a friend and be like all right we're going to level three and that's it then we'll reset again yep. we're done mm-hmm. <laughs> well lace do you have any questions for this man because uh i think i'm all out i think i've just been enjoying how organically the conversation would go in it so i just you know, yeah, we we did go off on a slight tangent when we were talking about the the animated series, but he just did an audition. I heard that voice, and I like it, and I might steal it. Oh, Ooh, where he's shame. doing the little if kid. He lets you. Yeah, I I can do that. <laughs> I can do voices occasionally. Because there was a voice specifically that I had in mind, but we do have quite a few characters to to cast. 
So uh, we may just have to pitch a few and just see which one you might want to do. Look at this, no pressure. Do it live. Oh, And like watch him squirm for the answer. (laughs) What's the worst that could happen? (laughs) I mean, we'll we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Okay. We'll leave it there. I am open to all sorts of collabs because, you know what, I just have fun um, talking and meeting new people and Mm -hmm. networking with people. Uh, I've got... um, a couple other collabs that are that are coming up um so i'm excited to join a, a bunch of different indie podcasters just for fu- it's all content creation and mm-hmm. i enjoy it and if there's any sort of cross promoting and networking if it helps you, you know your podcast if it helps uh, other podcasts that i'm involved with it it's a win for everybody yeah. we're all just having fun and creating content and hopefully we yeah. We get additional listeners, and if someone learns something along the way, that's their own damn fault. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. That was not my intention. No, you've been uh, you've been absolutely awesome uh, promoting well, us and, and, yeah. and getting our name out there to people who may not even know who we are. And, you know, we've been trying it's our best. Don't. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it is, you know what? I'll, I'll say it is tough to find the legit people that are actually – looking um and at least on the twitterverse it is very right. difficult one of the best things i know that they, they try to do over a neat cast is incorporate different promos of different podcasts and different content creators that way so they're able to put i think three in an episode so they're always looking for for new content and new promos i know yours has been featured before mm-hmm. um and very and sweet. quite quite a few so that and honestly that's how i found a lot of these other podcasts was through promos so if you are a podcaster who listens to super mega crash brothers turbo one of the best gaming podcasts out there um try to try to put promos together and network and you know you never know who you're going to find and where you're going to find it it's mm. true yeah, we had never had a, an ad before Podcasters Assemble, but yeah. then they started asking about, you know, mm-hmm. if you've got one, you know, let's put this together. And I started really thinking on it, and I was like, you know what, we've never done this. We've always talked about it. Let's do it. Yeah. So we jotted down, like I jotted down a few little, you know, hit back and forth, back and forth, just to try and get it all. We spent hours <laughs> trying to narrow yeah. this down whittle to 30 it, seconds. Whittle it, whittle it, whittle it. Because we very, wanted yeah. to be a legit ad and we had it like no longer than 30 seconds i was not gonna allow it (laughs) i was like no if the content is there you can do a nice 60 second promo but yeah the 30s work very well and Mm. what's great about your promo it's very reminiscent of your actual episode just how it's structured it's like that's an episode in 30 seconds right there that that's great (laughs) see you don't even need to listen now you got the gist you got it yep yeah, we did one for, for Neatcast as well. I cut one with the voiceover, and then my wife cut one with the voiceover. And, of course, they went with my wife because she's so much better than I am. And Aww. then when I went also for FN Culture, a quick shout-out for, for Bobby and Rick and Griff over there, I kept harassing Bobby going, hey, hey, Casters Assemble needs a promo. He's like, ah, I don't know. I'm just going to choose some best-of bits. And he, he just went through, <laughs> and he found them, and he shoved them in there, and he go. Yeah, that's your show. Yeah, you're you're right there at that line. You're dancing with it. You, okay, good good job. And that that's another great great podcast. I love mm-hmm. chatting with them. Uh, so quick shout out to them. It, I don't I didn't ask permission. I'm sorry. No, go <laughs> ahead. Okay. Shout out whoever you want. Give them all the they're, love. They're they're great guys at, at FN Culture. They're pop culture uh, kind of like Neatcast is, and um, they uh, they skirt the line 
So <laughs> you want to <laughs> you want to hear some stuff? Uh, look up F and Cultured. They're they're all great guys. And Rick Rick, I met through my wife. They went to college together, and he's such a great great individual. They're all awesome people. Indie mm-hmm. podcasters in general, just freaking great just, people. They're just a lot of fun. For the most part. <laughs> I will say I did see a post yesterday about somebody having beef with somebody. And I didn't, I actually had to search for it. I went, uh, okay, that, I don't get that at all. I, mm-hmm. Over at Neatcast, we, we have a fake beef with the lovely boys over at Chat Smash in the UK. Mm-hmm. Which is they're fun, they're hilarious, they have dry hu- dry humor, and those British mm-hmm. accents make me bite my knuckle because oh god, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Those guys are a lot of fun. So we have a fake beef with them. I mean, it's a real beef, but it's a fake beef. I guess I don't know. We'll make right, it up as right. we go along. It's a beyond beef. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, god. You should get royalties for that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> probably have to pay for it <laughs> <laughs> pay for the royalties that i'm getting by promoting a product that we weren't tasked with promoting but anywho if, lace if you've got nothing else i'm gonna let this man I go don't. Gonna... i know i was gonna say we've had him for so long he's probably got some other things to do so i thank you for your time i really appreciate it it's been lovely having you on mm-hmm. thank you so and... much for the invite i i really appreciate it. i've been looking forward to this for for since june I've been looking forward I, yeah, to this. Yeah, right before our break, right? Mm-hmm. Well, just to make sure, where do we find? Find you, Zach. Where do you want all of us stalking you? Oh, gosh. I think the easiest place is just you can look me up on Twitter, at uh, Zach Deuce, because I wasn't the first Zach on the Neatcast, so they just started calling me Zach Deuce. It's, which <laughs> oh, is, fun. Yeah. I didn't realize that. that that's, yeah, it's not actually. you Zach as well. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that's where you can find me, and that's where I share everything about the podcast that I guest with and you know uh, once this drops we'll certainly share and promote it and I'll be I'll be on Neatcast tomorrow so we'll be chatting about that as well nice excellent well thank you for your time I appreciate it thank you that's our show yeah links that's our show. in the doobly-doo links. don't forget in the doobly-doo <laughs> links of course yes in the description yes 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 he does all that hard work so I just blissfully unaware <laughs> <laughs> But now, thank you so much for listening. You go, you can hit us up on Twitter sometime at Super Mega Crash. You can also send us an email at supermegacrash at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram to view the weekly icon art Stephen puts his time and love into. You can support the show by liking and leaving reviews on your preferred platform and even going over to patreon.com forward slash pencil and paper productions. You can tell your friends to find the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network or just search Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbeat, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music. I don't know, everywhere. 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 So thank you so much for listening. I am Lacey Finley, And I'm Stephen White. And you can join us again next time, Super Mega Crash siblings. But until then... Game on!
This has been a Pencil and Paper Podcast Network production.